Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Heels in the Courtroom. I'm Liz Lenevy, and today I'm joined by Mary Simon and Amy Gunn. Hello, ladies. Hello. Today, we wanted to take a little bit of inspiration from another podcast that we enjoy here. And if you haven't heard it before, it's called I've Had It, and it features two incredibly funny, very witty women, Jennifer Welch and Angie Sullivan. And if you have never heard of the this podcast, the, the premise is each episode they go through and say something they've just they've had it with. They've had it. And it's always funny. It's I enjoy it so much. And we just thought that I think that we're busy, successful women with high pressure careers. And I bet there are lots of things that we've had it with as well. And so we just wanted to talk about the things that we've had it with, but we are going to add a little bit of a twist to it by following it up with things that we also love because we don't want it to just be the negative. I think we also want to recognize how great our careers and our lives actually are. Just keep a little bit of perspective. So I will kick it off with what I've had it with and the three things my top three things that I've had it with at this very moment in time because it changes day to day changes hour by hour so yeah and the the first thing I've had it with and this is focused on my job but I've really had it with opposing counsel typically older men responding in arguments oral arguments judge I've been doing this for a blank number of years, and it's just how we've always done it. And I'm sitting over there with my stack of case law and statutes (laughs) and what I'm trying to reference the law. But it doesn't matter because this person has been practicing law longer than I've been alive. (laughs) And this literally just happened to me. And I actually had a law clerk in the car with me. And as we were driving to the courthouse, I said, look, I'll, I'll bet you I'll bet you fifty dollars. Something this opposing counsel will say within the first minute of his argument. He will say, Judge, I've been practicing law for 30 years. And sure enough, we get in there and he says, Judge, I've been practicing law for 33 years. I've always done it. And I turn and I look at my law clerk and she gives me a look of, I caught it. I caught it. I go, get ready for a whole career of it. So I've had it. I've had it with that really lazy argument. The second thing I've had it with is people asking me when I'm going to have children. Oh, I've been meaning to ask you. I think I'm going to have kids at some point in my life, but it's just really weird when people want to know those details about me and my husband, and I'm just, I've had it. Don't worry about it. It's none of your business. So that's hilarious. That's the other one. And I have to be honest, I feel like I've thought about when you're going to have kids way more than you even know, but I just don't right. know. Because we're so close in age that I get what you're saying. Yes. But I think about it. Here's my problem is when sometimes people will ask me in a way of let's think about career planning or something like that, where I'm like, oh, yeah, actually, I probably should put some thought into this. But it's never framed that way. It's always <laughs> a, hey, tick, tick. To, yeah, that's your biological clock. No, get on. oh yeah, oh yes, that's that is how it is often framed to me. If you're not getting any younger, yeah, 
You're no longer but a spring chicken. I also want to say, though, I also want to say that nothing about <laughs> me thinking about when you're going to have kids means that you needed to justify in any way your I've had it. It can just be your I've had it. <laughs> no, sometimes I ask other people about their kids because I do think about it in terms of my own planning. And as someone, I've asked Erica about what did you do for childcare? How did you and, and Kristen figure that out? And she has answered honestly. And I think she's framed it as what are you and Steve thinking? Most, again, as a way to try to help me. And yeah, I, you brought I can appreciate that. But it's the, in a couple of years, you're going to be considered a geriatric pregnancy. Ew. I don't like that. <laughs> that. And also, shout out to Erica, because all I do, no joke, every month is like, did you use any books or PDFs for this next phase of the child's <laughs> life? And she just sends me links. And I follow exact whatever Hazel is doing. Nora is right behind. <laughs> So my final I've had it, which will then actually dovetail into an I love it, but I have had it with feeling guilty for taking time off. And if you have possibly noticed, if you're keeping up to date with our episodes, I've missed the last couple of episodes, and that's because I took a pretty lengthy vacation to go to Korea to visit my mom's side of the family, some people that I haven't seen in over 10 years, a cousin that I had never met before. He's nine years old and I had never gotten to meet him until this past trip. And I got to take my husband to Asia for the first time. My little sister, the last time she went to Korea, she was just a baby. So this was really her first time experiencing it. And then getting to watch my mom in this environment, it, it was an incredible trip. But if, any, if you've done international travel, especially to somewhere as far as South Korea, you can't just go for a week. You, you really do have to make it an extended period of time because just to get over the jet lag takes that first six or seven days. So I did take some time off and I was still accessible by email, but I really didn't want to bring my laptop and I didn't bring my laptop. Also, I think that's a security risk. So I left my laptop at home in the United States where it was safe. <laughs> okay. And I only had my cell phone. <laughs> and I stayed up to date on my emails, but I was constantly feeling guilty about being away, about having to explain to clients that actually I'm not going to be able to, to get back to you right away or it's going to take a couple of days. Because usually I'm really good about responding to people timely. And I think that's important. And I know clients are anxious and I want to be able to provide that service to them. So when I tell them I'm out of the country for the next 12 days or 13 days or whatever, I, it did make me feel bad. Like I was a bad lawyer. And there were multiple times I had to stop and say, no, I, I've earned this break. I've earned this time off. I have made sure that everything is OK at work. I have done everything I can to set the people up who are watching out for me. For success, I haven't scheduled anything too tightly. All of my stuff is ready to go. All the deadlines are met. I worked really hard to get to this point so that I didn't feel bad. And there were multiple times where I just I had it with that vacation guilt. But even now coming back and trying to get caught back up with everything, because no matter how well you plan it out, that stuff is going to keep rolling in. That inbox does not slow down just because you're on vacation. There have been a couple of times where I've been stressed. I've been stressed thinking, was the vacation even worth it? So trying to get rid of that sort of nagging voice in my head. I've, ha I've had it with myself. 
in that regard. <laughs> but that dovetails then into what I love, which is what I just talked about, getting to to see my family and have that experience and watch my mom, who was incredible for that two weeks, just translating English to Korean to English and watching her, frankly, in her element. I, I It just blew my mind watching how confident she was and all of that, because I know that having only ever been in the United States with her, it's a very different environment. So that was just really incredible. And I'm so lucky I got to have that experience. And I deserved that experience. So I love that. The second thing I love is actually just another work-related thing. I did something for the first time this week. And even having been seven years out, I feel like it's obviously becoming a more rare occasion that I get to do something for the first time and figure it out. And this particular assignment was a bit of a bear. It was pretty intense. But it was an incredible feeling of accomplishment when I got it done and it got submitted. And I just I, I felt so great. And I love that. I love that feeling of accomplishment. It was frustrating getting to that point. But I'm glad I got to That's it. Amazing. I'm glad I got to enjoy that high of turning it in. I love that you love it since it's a joint case that we have together. And I was feeling a little bit like, ooh, I'm going to dump this right on Liz. (laughs) And finally, the last thing that I love is actually something that also happened very recently. And that is the female camaraderie and support that we have at this firm. And specifically, I'm thinking about you, Amy. Oh. And for those of you who may not know, Amy was just inducted, inaugurated. What's the right word? I don't know. I've been struggling elected. with that as well. Pointed, I think pointed, elected, 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 became. became. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. She, Amy is now the president of the Has been named? I I yeah. She she is, well, it's, it's not just been named. Like, this has been a, a yeah, a lengthy like a ten-year deal. Yeah, like a lengthy process to get there. But she's now the president of the Missouri Association of Trial Attorneys, which is old for a, a wonderful accomplishment in and of itself, but also specifically for women because this is definitely historically has been a bit of an old boys' club. So seeing women up there, and what's even cooler about Amy's presidency is that it is buttressed by a an outgoing female president. Yes. And then the incoming president after Amy will also be a woman. So that that was incredible to see right there. But for her inauguration event, the dinner that night where it officially, I guess, the crown has passed, <laughs> all of the, the girls went. All the girls went. And Amy gave us a little shout out in her speech. And I just sat there thinking, how incredible is it that we have so many women at our tables, because yes. we had so many people there, we needed multiple tables, here to support one of our own. And it's a bit of history. And I just, I really loved that. And I just really loved having all the girls down there. So I loved that. Thank you. I Same. That was awesome. I loved it too. So with that, Mary, what have you had it with? <laughs> Y'all, this is funny because I feel like a lot of my I've had it have to deal with having a two-year-old, but I'll try to keep this not like I'm complaining too much. (laughs) Well, that's the whole point. Okay, great. Then in in that case, (laughs) with the work, I have had it with opposing counsel telling me about their past litigation history with my dad (laughs) and how my dad would have handled the situation that I might be choosing to handle differently. I've just had it with that. And I, it's great. Go get lunch with him. 
I don't need to <laughs> go hang out with him and you can talk about it. I love, on the flip side, the fact that they only have positive things to say about him because I could imagine it being a lot worse if yeah. he wasn't someone that people actually liked to work with. I've really had it with strangers approaching me and Nora in the grocery store and them talking to her in a very aggressive baby voice <laughs> manner. What? I can't. Oh, hello. Look at you. What do you have? Look at... She doesn't like it. And then I have to deal with her fear. It goes to mommy hold you. And she's doing fine. She's in the cart. She's shopping with me. She's picking out things. And as soon as she gets approached, and it's really by men. She has more issues with men who are like old grandpa type figures who I'm sure mean, but I just can't. It throws off our whole outing. And as anyone knows who has a toddler, it's like you get in and you get out. We're not trying to spend an hour in the grocery store. There's limited attention span you just got to grab stuff and go so i've just had it with that can can i ask a question yes about the nora yes a stranger's approaching her so please don't take offense to this i'm really trying to be helpful i will not you know how sometimes they have special leashes for dogs yeah like red means don't approach yeah <laughs> friendly doesn't like strangers could you put like a shirt or something or like that, no, jacket no way that would work no way no way that would strangers, work but you know what <laughs> but you know what i do tell her is i always will say some people like to say hi some people don't like to say hi you can say whatever you want to say i just tell her that but i just am trying to give her the authority to decide for herself whether or not she wants to even make eye contact with somebody Sometimes she doesn't even like to make eye contact with me. And I'm trying so hard to not look at mommy, look at mommy. I just want her to be able to get through her own life long term, obviously. But even just those little moments of not having panic ensue because it really stresses her out sometimes, especially when you're in line and you can't get away. Like when you're in the, yeah. the line and the person's behind her talking to her, but I'm trying to put the groceries on the belt thing. Mm -hmm. It's impossible to end that because then she starts panicking and then I still have stuff I need to do so it's those moments I just want to be like hello we said hello please just stop talking <laughs> to her for my sake <laughs> so that I've just had it with that can you can strangers talk to Nora in a normal voice if I just saw Nora in a line I said hey what's up yes that's cool okay. I'm telling you she reacts totally differently really Yes. If it is nonchalant, almost as if it's not a big deal. I think it's because she thinks they're going to really approach her. I don't know what it is, but it's almost like if she if she's just talked to it with a really even tone. But that's how Mark and I talk to her. So I don't know if that's how. So talk to her like she's a little adult. Yes. And she's less freaked out. I think the voices make her just be like, what are they? What is that? Danger. Why are they? Danger. Yes. She's not used to that because I. she just is around a lot of adults, I feel, or little kids. There's no adults who are talking like little kids in her little bubble that she's in because it just freaks her out. But I don't, if she didn't get freaked out, I wouldn't care. It's just more work for me when she does that. So it's a, a selfish thing to do that. And it's really un under circumstances where there's not toys. It's just a girl. She's stuck in the cart like looking at somebody who's coming up to her. So I don't know. I've had it with that. I've also had it when any, and I'm trying to figure out how to uh, phrase this. I know you guys will all understand what I'm saying. I've had it when any third party that my husband and I have to communicate with only sends me things mm -hmm. and not him. Anything with the house appointments, car things, 
dog things, baby things. I just copy him on the damn email. He's also in charge of this responsibility that has now somehow been tasked to just me. And I've started You're to the copy. the wife and the oh mom. Oh my God. What do you mean? I, I don't understand the problem. I have had it with people emailing me, asking me when me and Mark are going to do something or when your family is going to do something. I just, I have lately, because Mark will tell me I will handle it. But they don't reach out to him. So lately what I've been doing is sending back an email, copying Mark and saying, ask Mark. I think and that's what you have to do. You have to teach them what to do. Yes. And and Mark wants them to do that. But I'll ask him uh, when I'm venting about, oh, my gosh, I have all this stuff to do, Mark. Let me do that. Like, just let me. I'm like, why aren't they asking you these questions about times of people who have to come to the house for whatever reason? So I've had it with that. This is great, you guys. This, I feel like I'm really getting out a lot. Was that three? Problems. Let's keep going. Yeah, let me. I can keep cranking these out. Um, I am. I oh, let me think here. Oh, I've missed this podcast. Oh, same. I've also had it with people who decide to back into a parking space when you're right behind them, and no, then you have to no, and then you have to have back you, up. Are you telling me you actually haven't listened to? I've and had you, it. No, I've never listened the to the podcast. podcast because that is ass in nose out. That's what they call it. Oh, they have had it with Ashley out. Yes. Yes. Pumps and Jennifer hate. No, I have never asked out Parkers. I was just thinking about my day. <laughs> thinking about my day and what I would do in a day and the moments where I get annoyed, maybe unjustifiably. So when I'm like, oh, I go to the grocery store. I hate it when someone talks to I hate it when I'm guilty. I hate when I'm at the grocery store and I'm about to pull in yeah, and no, say, and I'm like, we're at the grocery no, store. You, don't have you to should do have it. the back of your car out because yeah. you're going to put the groceries in. Yeah, no. That I agree with. The grocery store, when I'm at Target, that's how I park. However, Uh-oh. there are lots of situations, Awkward. especially <laughs> in parking garages, where I want to be able to get out quickly. The only time I think that works is if you're at like a ball game or if you know there's going to be a long line to get out. Oh, everyone does it at the Symphony or at the Fox. Everyone does that at the That Fox I can understand. Everything else, nope. Okay, I agree with that. <laughs> Now we're getting I mean, into the spirit I'm of the podcast. a really good driver, guys. Oh, let me show off a It's just hilarious how many things I thought about. And, and now I just feel every day I'm just like moving through my day in pure aggravation. Which is making me now concerned for my mental health. Really, it does not take long to think about all the little that agitate you. Yeah. No. And I, I think the only other one that I'll say, which is hilarious, is that I've had it with dinner time. I wrote down because... <laughs> Who prepares meals? You have to make a dinner every single night for a family? <laughs> what? Who has time to do that? I don't get it. When are we supposed to make dinner? You wake up, you work out, you start work, drop the kid off, pick the kid up, bring her home. You have a couple hours with her before bed and you're supposed to make dinner, a different dinner every night? What? So I've had it with dinner time. I've been trying to streamline even meal prep. It's like on Sunday, that's the day that you get to hang out with your family and then you do meal. No. So we've had a lot of mac and cheese <laughs> over and over I again. I don't think my kids had anything but mac and cheese, noodle, butter noodles, chicken nuggets. That makes me feel wonderful for, I don't know, 10 years. Nora has had buttered noodles or like red sauce noodles yeah. for the past five nights. She eats it, right? She eats it. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Great. So I've had it with dinner time, but I love butter and noodles. So that's how that's going to go. 
I'm, I'm glad we could find the little. I feel a lot better. We can end it there. <laughs> Amy, if you want to. Liz, I feel bad about the ass in and nose out. I feel like I cut you off and didn't give you enough opportunity to explain why that's a important thing in your life. It's just Liz just needs a. She needs a quick getaway. Liz is. What are you running from? I think I watch too many scary movies where I'm like, (laughs) I have to get out of a situation quickly. I need to make a fast getaway. But also, for my, I do, I park backwards all the time because I have a city house and we have these tight alleys where our garages are. And if you, I've done it before where I've had, I didn't have a choice but to park in, I guess, nose first, ass out. I don't know. (laughs) I'm a bear getting out. So I just always. Pulling backwards that way when I'm ready to go, I can just and maybe to make it a little bit better. My more specific issue with it is when you're driving behind someone. Oh no. And then they have to maneuver and you're trying to figure out and you're like, just pull into the damn spot so we can keep going. I only do it when I'm not in inconveniencing of God forbid (laughs) anyone else in the parking lot. Because also one, I I I don't want to inconvenience people, but two, if I screw it up, that's gonna be really embarrassing. So I'm I'm messing it up. Then the car's like going (laughs) here. Oh then the pressure. The pressure's on. I would have benefited from ass in, nose out last night when I came home because this morning when I pulled out, I hit Nathan's car. Oh, there you go. Because he parks behind. And here's why. Connor is leaving from New Zealand in two days. And that has gotten me all kinds of, I feel like I'm taking him to college again. It's a terrible feeling. And we were going to go shop, which I love. And he is a reluctant shopper to say the least. And I talked him into two stores. We can just go to two stores. And so we were getting in the car and I was so excited Mm. that we were going and this was great. And I don't know. I just backed right into Nathan's car, which has been behind me (laughs) all summer, at least, because both boys have to park in the driveway. So the good news is that I I hit his tire and wheel. And unless it's out of alignment or I broke the axle, which I because he drives a Jeep. I don't think I did anything to his car. And my bumpers missed up a little bit. But, yeah, so maybe I should have asked in, nosed out, and I would have prevented that. That makes me laugh. Now I'm just thinking about all the things. You think things. that's hilarious that I wrecked my car? I do, because now you might end up parking the way that Liz parked, and it won't be an I've had it. It'll be an I love it pretty soon. All right, my I've had it. On an airplane a few days ago, coming back from a little mini vacation with my husband and the row behind us, loud yawners, honestly. Why do you have to make noise when you yawn, right? It's unnecessary. You don't need to yawn loudly. You can, and then that obviously meant this person was not covering their mouth. And I know we're past COVID, but it's still rude in so many ways. And I think you're on myself, an airplane. You're on an airplane. And not just once, y'all, three times. And all I could think of was attention seeking people. Yeah. That you need, the whole plane needs to know you're tired. The hell's not tired. Who's not tired? <laughs> We're all tired, person. Yes. Loud yawners. And then as the flight progressed, another row back, the opposite aisle. Loud talkers. Oh, now, you're that. on an airplane. Why do you have to talk loudly to your neighbor on an airplane? And I think you're on myself, an airplane. You're on an airplane. I'm the kind of person that will put her head down 
put earphones on, sit down, not look up, and please don't talk to me. Please don't talk to me. And that that goes for my family too. You, we don't need to talk on the airplane. We've talked before. We'll talk after. <laughs> right now, let's just read our books. Yeah. Or watch your video or whatever you want to do. Yeah. In so the sky, leave the between. <laughs> yes. My rule is no talking in the sky. Is that too much? No. Loud talkers and loud yawners. I've had it. The next thing is switching subject a little bit. I've had it with self-doubt. I've had it with self-doubt. You need to believe in yourself. You need to trust yourself. And this is a mantra of this podcast. But you need to do those things. I know it's easier said than done, but if you don't tell yourself those things on a daily basis, you'll never do it. Tell yourself you believe in yourself, that you're proud of yourself, and that you trust yourself. I was talking to Connor. He, we had lunch, because again, he's getting ready to leave. And so I forced him to have lunch with me. And he said, he actually was taught, he knew I was coming down to do the podcast today. And he goes, I could be on the podcast. And I love his confidence. And I'm like, oh yeah, can you? Okay. What do you want to talk about? Anything. I'll talk about anything. And I thought, okay. He goes, except like girl stuff. So I say, all right, big guy, what do you think you're qualified to talk about? And he said, I don't know. You ask me anything. And I said, okay, I'm thinking, what could that be? Um, And I said, all right, what about how do you make decisions? You're a 20-year-old in college, getting ready to go study abroad for a few months. How do you make your decisions? And y'all, he goes... First of all, two, he goes, two things. Yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> two things. First of all, you have to know who you are and you have to know what you want. And I was like, oh my God, I almost cried. I'm about to cry. Oh, goodness. That is so good. I don't know. I told him when he gets home over holiday break, there might be some space for him on the podcast because I think He'll that he, here. yeah, I think that he probably passed that first test, which is the things that we really, want our listeners to believe, which is who you are and know what you want and then go after it. Somehow that came in. That was a hybrid too. I've had it, but also I love it. But here's my last, I've had it. Eat shit emails from opposing counsel. Okay. So I had one a few weeks ago from an attorney. Actually, we were successful against his trial team earlier this year in a case. And he sent me an email that was basically like, you really didn't win, we won, and really odd. It was an odd email, completely unprovoked, erratic. And I, it was everything I had not, and I'll tell another Connor story because he's totally on my mind. I read him the email and I said, this came from a lawyer and here's what he said. And I read it to him and he goes, without pause, without hesitation, you want me to kill him? And I, my heart grew five, five times what mama doesn't love that from her baby. That is a, that is a, that's a man who knows who he is and knows what he wants. That's right. To protect his mom. To protect his mom. I know. I said, not today, babe, but I'll let you know. (laughs) Each of emails, I've had it. Now, you might ask, what'd you do? And you know the answer, listeners. You know the answer because we've talked about this a ton. 
you respond, you don't react. Now, I have not responded at all to that email. My response is, I think, the best part, which is no response. I think that is more likely to bother this lawyer than if I were to engage. And so my response is no response. Maybe that's a strange thing to do, but you know what I'm trying to say. And I've continued not to respond. Plus, I don't want there to be a paper record of any response whatsoever. I'm not saying that if I don't see this person in person, I won't whisper something in his ear. <laughs> that could be fun. Of course. But I probably won't even care because it, to me, was funny more than anything else. It bothered me for about a hot minute. And then it just became hilarious. That email, Amy, was, I think, equal parts funny because of the context and your response, but also so cringy. So yeah. I could never imagine sending something like that. Because all that tells me is he's basically saying, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. You're mad. And be like, then no. all it tells me is, oh, no, you're so mad. You're such a sore loser. And you can't <laughs> let it go. And you are living rent free in this man's head, yeah. especially because you're not responding. You just learn so much about him in those moments. I know. It's just incredible. It you would. Know. It just makes me giddy to know that. There's something so much energy. Yes, it's just you read something like that and you just think in your head, it must take so much energy to be able to send a nasty email like that to someone yeah. lost a case to. It just it's fun stuff. Okay, so things I love. My husband and I, Kevin, celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I know. Hey, so shout out to Kevin and all the years that he has suffered through putting <laughs> up with me and this career, which I know would not be possible without his support. So Kevin and also the my boys can't do, can't say enough about Connor and Nathan. Now, my cats. I know. So we were just in New England for this little trip and there were dogs everywhere. Adorable dogs, really adorable dogs. But. I love my cats. I love them. And my baby cat, Obi, y'all, congestive heart failure. Yes, I know. He's one year. He is one year old. So he's on medication. He seems okay, though. But it's a heart murmur, and we had an, an echocardiogram for the cat. I told Nathan, you're going to have to skip your first year of college because we're paying for the cat vet bills yeah. right now. And he was totally okay with it. But I love those cats for however long I have them. Okay, number three, art. When we were on our little trip, we went to a few little galleries and I found some so pretty, this art. I have a place in my kitchen that needed something that I've been looking for and I found it and Kevin and I bought it together and it was so much fun to shop for it. I think for so many years in my life, I just didn't think that was something I could do. Go to an art gallery that was so intimidating. Somebody, you have to have an eye for it. And I would look at a lot of art and I'd be like, I just don't understand it. And that was, but I've gotten over that. And I just walk in and look around. And if something moves you and you see it in your home, then get it. Because then you have that memory of shopping 
together and where you bought it. It's like a souvenir of the place where you get it because we'd done this before in New Mexico. And I just love that part of it. So art was making me very happy this week. So I love it. We've got a really big painting in our living room that my husband and I bought when we were in New Orleans. And so yeah, every time we look at it, awesome. it's not just something that's pleasant to look at. It's a nice memory attached to it. Yes. Okay. That's what I got. All right. We have had it with a lot, but we also seem to love a lot. So thank you all for joining us this week for another episode of Heels in the Courtroom. As always, if you have any comments, if you have any questions, you can reach out to us at heelsinthecourtroom.law. Remember, new episodes drop every Wednesday. So until then, goodbye. Heels in the Courtroom is brought to you by the Simon Law Firm. At the Simon Law Firm PC, we believe in the power of pooling resources in order to create powerful results. We often lend our trial skills and experience to lawyers around the country to achieve better results for their clients. Our attorneys welcome the opportunity to work with you on your case, offering vast resources, seasoned litigators, and a sterling reputation. You can contact us at 314-241-2929. And if you enjoyed the podcast... Feel free to share your thoughts with Amy, Liz, Erica, Mary, Elizabeth, and Megan at heelsinthecourtroom.law. And subscribe today, because the best lawyers never stop learning.